everybody. Welcome to Running with the Crinnells. We're your hosts. I'm Kristen. And I'm Janelle. And we're so glad you're running with us today. We don't have one interviewee, <laughs> but we have two. Dos. Unos dos. Yes. Tres cuatros because of us too, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> si, senorita. Gracias. Uh, do you want to introduce who we have today? Like, this is good. Do, what topic are we doing? Like, where are we? What's happening? Well, we're currently sitting at a dining room table. These two individuals, I highly respect. I know you highly respect me as well. Highly. <laughs> highly. Yeah. And you will too after you hear this. <laughs> so we have Rebecca Clausen, who I've known for a few years now through Single Life Workshop. Almost four years. Almost four years. Wow. Where does the time go? Mm-hmm and has been on her journey. And we're gonna find out about that today. Yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> and then next to her, we have Barbara. Okay, I always mess up the last name. It's okay, everyone does. So it's... here's for the record. Everybody, you will hear it the way it's supposed to be pronounced. Can yeah. I tell you how I think it is pronounced? Yeah. Ingles. That's 100% correct. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. How do you say it? Inglesius? Because that's how I read it. On <laughs> the, we are in the Spanish. Like, well, yes. so it's, if you read it, it looks like Inglis. Yes. But it is, in fact, Ingles, as uh, in Laura, Laura Ingles from Little House in the Prairie. <laughs> Shout out to Laura. <laughs> so that's uh, correct. So there you go. Yes. Because I would, I would pronounce it the wrong way. That's okay. We learn. But I'm glad yeah. that now I've been set straight because mm-hmm. it's important to me to say people's names right. Yes. I've known Barbara, well, years. A long time. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Like more than 10? I think so. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We met at uh, camp, I believe would have been Gull Lake, kind of. Yeah. yeah, like when yeah. I was in high school. Gull Lake camp. Mm-hmm. I always knew your sister better, but I revered you from afar. <laughs> <laughs> Until you revered her from a close. Yes. <laughs> and look at you now. <laughs> Aw. Yes, and so cool thing is that these two amazing women are speaking both from a professional standpoint, Mm -hmm. and we will find out more about Barbara, and then from a personal experience uh, for Rebecca, which is really cool. I think it's really important that we talk about these things Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and weigh in from both sides. Yes. So. Yeah. These things being, we're going to be discussing adulting from the perspective or the topic today of feeding oneself or nutrition, but when it comes to growing up, maybe um, going to live on your own or being responsible to make your own meals, to take care, to grocery shop, these kinds of things. Now, very important, do you say grocery or grocery? (laughs) Grocery. Wow. Yeah, we we say grocery or grosh. You both say that. I've never, I haven't much heard grocery. That is what I say. Am I even an adult? I feel like that sounds classy. Kristen? Grocery? You're the same as them. Grocery. That's oh, what... Oh, there's a sh in there. And it's, I feel like you say it's, how it's supposed to be pronounced, though. So I, I do? Yeah. I don't know. I think it might be correct. I did get Ingles right. I'm just... I'm not here to... Like, we're not... We're not tacking on who's right, who's wrong. Are you an elocution expert? So that is our topic today. We're so excited to have you two on. And when Kristen and I were brainstorming about knowing we wanted to do this topic today, we're like, who... 
are the experts in a transformational journey, mm -hmm. Rebecca, mm -hmm. and a from a professional standpoint who lives it out but has the education and the the backing behind it in that way, Barbara. So it's kind of like Word. this couldn't be better. Yeah. This could not be better. So I think we should jump right in to the most very well, the second most very important question. And that is for both of you ladies. Are you ready? Okay, mm -hmm. whoever wants to go first. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? And share a fun fact. Okay, well, I'll start. So I'm Rebecca, as introduced. Um, I am a wife, a daughter, a sister, an auntie, and a friend. Um, I grew up in Medicine Hat. I moved to Edmonton in 2011 for school. And then I just decided to stay. I love Edmonton. It's my home now. Um, fun fact, I have traveled to eight countries. Wow. Wow. Can you recall the eight? Yes. Ah, okay. Well, I wrote them down. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> um, United yeah. States of America. Mm. Yes. Uh, Mexico, um, England, Scotland, South Africa, Zambia, Malawi, and the Philippines. Wow. Diverse. Very nice. That's awesome. Worldly. I like so it. So cool. Okay. All right. So my name is Barbara. I am a lot of the same things as were just mentioned, but I come from. Pinoca. I guess I was born in Switzerland, mm -hmm. immigrated to Canada when I was a child, grew up in Pinoca, moved to Edmonton, and I feel like this is definitely my home now. <laughs> I am newly 29 and feeling fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I just feel really, um, I don't know, I just feel really blessed where I am right now in life. I am just starting work in a totally new area, which I'm really enjoying. I am working on my master's, which has been terrifying to go back to school, yeah. but really cool. And yeah, just enjoying life with with Gary Ingalls, <laughs> my spouse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. wonderful. Thanks, ladies. So good. So good. I think we should recommend that the people listening start taking notes at this point. I mean, you can also <laughs> take notes of where Rebecca's been and how old Barbara is, but... <laughs> We're going to be talking about some really cool things when it comes to nutrition, being responsible with feeding oneself. And so, may we recommend you take out your notepad. Uh, we're going to start with Rebecca and ask her a few questions, then Barbara, and then they're going to give us their final thoughts at the end. So, Rebecca, are you ready? I'm ready. That was not the first question. I'm ready. <laughs> Tell us what nutrition and health mean to you. Hmm. So nutrition and health to me, I think, is all about balance. It's um, easy to think of food when you think of nutrition. Mm -hmm. But um, over the years and kind of my journey, and I'll get a little bit more into that later, but I think um, nutrition is um, spiritual health, physical health, mental health, and it's all interrelated in some way or another. Mm. So, mm -hmm. Do you have an example of how it might be connected in all those areas? Or a way that you think of it? I think just um, like so physically if you're going to the gym or, or I find sometimes maybe having a foggy brain, um, yeah. you're stressed at work, I find going to the gym kind of clears that head and sometimes it, I go there just to even for that, for that mental health, not the physical aspect of it. So Very good. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay, so Barbara, would you share with us about what does nutrition and health mean to you? For sure. So 
my perspective on nutrition and health might be a little bit unique compared to other people in the field. I'm actually going to read my favorite definition of health because I just feel like why reinvent the perfect definition? Where this comes from is the Association for Size, Diversity and Health, um, also known as ASDA, which I would encourage you all to look into. So what it says is health cannot be characterized as simply the absence of physical or mental illness, limitation or disease. Rather, health exists on a continuum that varies with time and circumstance for each individual. Health should be conceived as a resource or a capacity available to all, regardless of health condition or ability, and not as an outcome or objective of living. Pursuing health is neither a moral imperative nor an individual obligation, and health status should never be used to judge, oppress, or determine the value of an individual. To sum up, yeah, <laughs> in fewer words, um, basically my <clears throat> definition of health is that there is no morality associated with health and that it's not something that anyone basically is obligated to pursue um, and can look very different for people um, depending on things like their socioeconomic status, how they identify, all of those different things. So um, for me, health, I guess, would be very, very specific to each person in each situation at different times. Mm. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. And how interesting is it that from different perspectives, they both said it's more, it's not as simplistic as blank. They really mm -hmm. both expanded their definitions. That's very good. So ASDA is a good resource you're saying we should look yes. into. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Rebecca, tell us when did you start hashtag adulting by being fully responsible to cook for yourself? I would say like growing up, I always helped out in the kitchen and would cook meals, but I would say probably once I got married, living on my own was like the full adult okay. where you're planning your meal, you buy your groceries, you come home, yeah. you cook it, you eat it, you do the dishes yeah. and kind of the full cycle. It's so I think, so I think yeah. that would be kind mm -hmm. of when I started quote unquote adulting ah. when it comes to cooking. Now, your memories of doing it as a child, was that because you were had interest in it or was it more there's a family of five, you're responsible, it's a chore that you be involved? Or was there a genuine interest for you to be involved in the kitchen? I think it was more just like helping out. Okay. So yep. both my parents worked, um, mm. so they'd come home and mm. mom would start dinner. Yep. I would help out to kind of jump in. And as you get older, you take on more. And so if I came home, dinner wasn't started, I would just take that on for myself really? to start it. And yeah. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Good. And Rebecca, for you, mm -hmm. how has your eating mm -hmm. or your nutrition mm -hmm. is a better way to phrase that after the wonderful definition you ladies have given us how has it transformed over the years we know that you have been on a transformational journey when it comes to your health and wellness over the past number of years mm -hmm. so we just wanted you to share about that sure yeah so i'm gonna kind of just over like back to kind of the eating so i think in high school, I played a lot of sports. And so I think at the time you're refueling your body with high carbs and just things that you, yeah, kind of need to, to get that energy back. And so you tend to have a bit of a higher metabolism. Um, you're more active. So that was kind of, I would say, high school. Mm -hmm. um, in university, just kind of, it's a new season. You're taking on a lot. I was in a new city studying. There's assignments. And I would say eating became like a thoughtless process in terms of, I would just 
eat whatever kind of fit into my schedule and so I didn't really care what it was it Mm -hmm. was like oh it's there I'm just gonna eat it Mm -hmm. but near the end of university kind of post-university I became more committed to the gym so um, I tended to eat a lot of greens more proteins but I would also say I wasn't really refueling my body with maybe as much or the proper amounts of food that I would me there is definitely an imbalance there and um now I would say more balanced. So if I wanna, if I come home and I'm like, oh, I don't really feel like eating a salad. I want a piece of cake. I'm gonna eat a piece of cake. There's not any guilt. There's no like shame. I think at the same time, I'm fairly like, um, I eat fairly healthy, mm-hmm. um, but I don't necessarily restrict my diet in any way. It's more just kind of eat what I'm feeling kind of that day. So, okay. Yeah. So you mentioned you, in adolescence, you were involved in a lot of sports and mm-hmm. you were physically active there. Then university came. Then you had the desire to start going to the gym again. Was that because you missed going to the gym or working out or moving your body in that way? Or was it more like, oh, I just should be doing this. I have a free membership in university. Um, I would say it started more um, with just more, like my mental health is really suffering. And so it was um, just kind of a, an outlet mm-hmm. to kind of clear my mind. I'd put on a podcast mm-hmm. um, and listen to maybe a sermon or some worship music and just kind of use it as an hour to mm-hmm. just like clear my head and just kind of really nurture that spiritual aspect mm-hmm. and also mental and physical kind of all at the same time and yeah. just really felt that that really helped um, kind of shift and and kind of just helped me through that darker season okay. in, in kind of university. I would say like after university was probably like when it shifted the most in my body, mind and spirit. And, um, Mm -hmm. I think, um, you've mentioned it's a journey and I think that's like the key to remember. And I think, um, it's really just about learning to, to love yourself for who you are. Mm -hmm. You have to nurture your spirit, your mental and your physical health. And when one suffers, it creates that ripple effect. And, Um, for a long time, I think it was easy for people to assume, um, maybe about me of, wow, like she lost so much weight. She looks so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but what people don't know is because in reality you did lose a lot of weight. Yeah. You went through a very big transition. Yeah. And so of time. Yeah. it was all these compliments, yeah. what people were thinking were compliments, yeah. but they don't realize like that was probably one of the darkest times of my life. Yes. Yeah. And so after university, I got a new job. Um, And I jumped back into a prior relationship um, that was actually quite toxic and unhealthy. And so it caused me a great amount of severe and crippling anxiety to the point where I was physically sick every day Mm -hmm. Um, for literally an entire year. The uh, porcelain bowl in the bathroom was my favorite friend at that time because I was actually physically sick, vomiting every day. Mm -hmm. And so um, after a year of that, um, I ended up breaking off the relationship I quit my Mm -hmm. job and just realized that I had a lot of broken pieces of myself that needed mending and nurturing and Mm -hmm. a part of that was both mental and physical Mm -hmm. and so I kind of started going back to the gym and yes I lost some weight but you know weight loss was not a product of hard work at the gym it actually was just a side effect from the anxiety and so I think like through that I was able to heal and I found just a new love of nutrition and health and working out and Mm -hmm. eating healthy meals became a big part of my life but Mm -hmm. I think then it almost became um, so extreme where I was then getting anxiety about not going to the gym right when you were in a time of chaos yeah so when you go back um to when you made the because for you the transformational journey was the end of that 
um, toxic, as you said, relationship. Mm -hmm. But you said you had to go to a point after a year of being like, okay, I need to break this off. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure for you, it took way more than just saying, oh, I I have to break this off now. You might've known that for a while, Mm -hmm. but you weren't ready. If you want to share, like what for you, like what gave you the courage or what, what happened for you that you're like, okay, now I need to end this. Like I need to take Mm -hmm. care of myself and go to this next step of my journey. I think it just comes to a point of like, of where you realize you just can't do it on your own. And so for me, um, just realizing like I can't, I physically cannot do it on my own and it came to a point of surrender. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember physically getting on my hands and knees and putting my face in the carpet of my bedroom floor and saying like, Lord, I can't do this anymore. And um, take away everything that is separating me from you. Yeah. And honestly, like the, the next day it was like, I had this courage. I ended the relationship and, um, honestly the next day I was no longer physically sick. Wow. And so it was like kind of eye opening mm-hmm. and, and then I quit my job and it was, opportunities opened up to, um, switch kind of a, a role, um, to work for my dad's, uh, company. And that was a time I think really just a blessing to, able to just reset um I was working part-time and just reset and kind of heal like I mentioned I had a lot of brokenness from that relationship Mm -hmm. and from just the stress of a job and I Mm -hmm. actually didn't really know the toll it was taking on me until I actually hit rock bottom and it was like okay like I actually cannot do this anymore so thank you for sharing that that's not an easy thing to share but I think it's so right that like when we get to a place where we're like trying to control everything and you're feeling this anxiety mm-hmm. and you're in some toxic experiences and some very stressful things, what our natural response can be is let's take as much control as possible and let's make this happen. And mm-hmm. only when you said, no, I can't actually do mm-hmm. this, then you allowed God in and he changed the whole script for you. Mm-hmm. But it took you yeah. surrendering and taking that step of courage to then mm-hmm. end that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, and I would just, yeah, like, I would stress, I know I've mentioned it a few times of Mm -hmm. nutrition and health and just that well-being is honestly about balance. Because after that time of healing, um, it came, like I said, it became almost really extreme where I was going to the gym five, six times a week and the anxiety was no longer from the relationship, but now it was if I miss a workout... I was getting extreme anxiety of missing, of like, okay. oh, I'm missing a workout. What's going to happen? I was scheduling my life kind of around the gym. And so it just so, transferred sort of. Yeah. Wow. And so I realized like there is one end of the spectrum where I wasn't nurturing that physical, mental health. And then there's the extreme where it was like, okay. Um, but I realized those aren't the best for me. And so mm. I realized, yeah, if if I want to cook a healthy meal and make it to the gym, great. But if there's days when I just need to take a break, that's okay too. Like yeah. that's, I need to listen to my body. And wow. sometimes that extra pressure we put on ourselves can just kind of ripple effect. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I've kind of been on both in terms of like extreme obsession with the gym, but I think like just at a place of balance now where it's... Wow. Yeah, there's no anxiety if I miss a workout. Mm. Um, if I want to go to the gym, great. If I yeah. don't feel like going, if I'm listening to my body mm. of uh, you need a rest day, then mm-hmm. I take the time to rest. Yeah, mm-hmm. how we treat ourselves mm-hmm. and how we we look after our bodies and from the nutrition standpoint is we'll look after everybody else, but then often we override a lot of the things that 
it's like, ah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But actually we're doing ourselves a lot of disservice. Mm-hmm. But it does, part of the adulting kind of thing is taking, taking an ownership of behavior and kind of going, well, why aren't I eating? Why, why aren't I eating balanced meals? Mm. Why don't I want to do this, this, and this? And I think it's always asking ourselves sometimes the hard Mm-hmm. questions or having people around us who we know who love us yeah. mm-hmm. and saying how is this going mm-hmm. and sometimes that's hard yeah um, I agree community is so important and I think I think back to being in that toxic relationship I personally isolated myself mm-hmm. but my friends were still there at the end of the day when the relationship mm-hmm. was broken off I still had friends who were still there and still were like hey we see you we love you and there was no yeah there was no shame and it was just like we see you and mm-hmm. so I think it's important to be in community be around people that um, are able to just kind of know you and mm-hmm. kind of just check in I think hey yeah. how are you how are you actually doing yeah and I think it's important to not be a slave to stuff mm-hmm. I think whether it's a slave to food or gym yeah. or an activity a or person. a person mm-hmm. and some people go their life without even asking like what am I you know, is food such a big deal? Whether it's too much or not enough, mm-hmm. you're still a slave to it. But where are you kind of going, no, I feel good, I look good, I love who I am, those kind of things. But but food plays such a huge part in our society, mm-hmm. which Barbara will be able to speak to. Mm, yes. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it is important that, that food has its place, but it's not to, to rule mm-hmm. either way good on you for yes it may have taken that really pivotal moment mm-hmm. where you're like oh, i can't do it yeah but you did mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. well done so are we doing unscripted so then when you met the man that you're currently and forever married to yes and you said that was when your adulting took a new level when it came mm-hmm. to to feeding oneself yeah. um and him being aware of your toxic relationship from the mm-hmm. past, him perhaps being aware about, you know, the struggles at the gym or how your mindset was about it to then, because you had done a lot of hard work to become very healthy and surrender um, to be in a place you were now. How was it um, balancing from his own experiences and his past and yours coming together to adult in this way? Was there anything mm-hmm. that you had to talk through or work through together, things that came up, or was it actually pretty pretty easy to combine feeding oneself together Mm -hmm. because he also lived on his own and had his own experiences feeding oneself yeah I would say um actually more recently we just had a recent conversation of just um because of of my journey of even just the like the extreme of the gym Mm -hmm. I've just I've asked him not to comment or ask when I'm going to the gym anymore and so good for you from his point it's more just like hey are you going to the gym tonight but Mm -hmm. if if there's moments where I can't make it to the gym I I had to express when you say that that actually starts to rile up anxiety in me of I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make it to the gym like and so from his point he's like oh sorry like I'm just I was just wondering but not knowing that it actually yes would start to cause anxiety of of inquiring of hey are you going to the gym tomorrow morning and so if I don't make it putting this pressure and this guilt so it's like please don't just don't ask me if I'm going to the gym if I make it great if I don't yeah, and you'll tell them that's okay too yeah wow. and good yeah. for you though for being 
in such a healthy relationship that mm. you can express, hey, I know your intention is not, when you ask me, you don't mean to conjure up those anything for mm-hmm. me, but for you to be able to safely say that to him and for him to be like, of course I respect that. Wow, I didn't, that wasn't mm-hmm. his intention, but mm-hmm. wow, how amazing is that? Mm-hmm. Good for you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, Mrs. Ingalls. <laughs> so what, I'm, we're curious. I think we're all curious. curious. The Crinellis are curious. Curious bunch. Yes. <laughs> what made you go into this whole realm of nutrition as a career? Well, I was a fairly organized child. So from a very young age, I don't know if you guys remember the website Alice. And it had yes. career profiles. I love that place. The website, I mean. Yeah, it's like a government of Canada? Alberta. Alberta mm-hmm. resource. And um, I just had this obsession with trying to figure out what I should do when I grew up. I think it's because my sister always knew from kindergarten on that she wanted to be a teacher. And I went through careers like from kindergarten, all like started as a zookeeper, (laughs) came out somewhere as like a florist. Um, And so it was basically in high school and I still hadn't really chosen what I wanted to do and being a very planned person, especially at that time, I just was going through all of these career profiles and I really landed on being a pediatrician. So that's initially what I wanted to do. But um, the shift work was just not my jam and you know, the 10 years of school. (laughs) So I came across uh, the profile of a dietitian and I had, I feel like nobody ever knows what that is and nobody has ever heard of it. (laughs) And so I, yeah. Like, I don't know the difference between a dietitian (laughs) and a um, nutritionist. Nutritionist, no idea. Is there a difference? Yeah, so. So dietitian, basically what a dietitian is, is they have a four-year degree in nutrition and food science plus a year of an internship, and then we're registered with a regulatory college. So Mm -hmm. similar to nurses, doctors, so forth. Um, So dietitian, registered dietitian is a protected title through our college, and recently they protected nutritionists as well because there was a lot of confusion Mm. in in just the educational requirements and especially that you're accountable to a regulatory body that protects the public. So that's the difference. Um, So yeah, I stumbled upon that profile and I liked the look of it. I, I was never super into nutrition or food. That was very not much something that I grew up with. Like food was just food. We ate whatever my mom cooked. It was no big deal. Mm -hmm. But I think I just thought, that'd be fun teaching people how to eat properly and so I just kind of yeah started it and uh didn't look back wow (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. how people get into their chosen careers so interesting I love it Mm -hmm. and has being in the nutrition field or diet dietitian field yeah, dietetics. Dietetics. Mm-hmm. Dietetics. That's I feel like the I'm saying official it wrong, that sounds term. Wow. Sounds like diuretic. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> Has it changed how you view food or eating? Yeah, it hasn't. That. Well, I would say this is like a fairly large question for me. So mm. I would say that most, if not all, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. Uh, 
lots of girls who go into this profession go in just with this idea that our job is to change people and to change how they eat and make them healthier. And unfortunately, that is also very much how our education is structured. And so for me, that's definitely the way that I went into things. And so I would say that um, for me, I didn't have a very negative experience, but I know that for a lot of individuals who enter the the profession, especially the schooling, they actually develop very disordered relationships with food often because they're mm-hmm. talking about it so much. And wow. so, you know, it's almost like when you talk about something so much and learn about something so much, is it that you're drawn to that profession because that's already something going on inside of you or that the schooling brings that out of you? Ah. So I think um, for me, when I started, I definitely was learning all of this stuff and I started out in more of a clinical role where I didn't do much with quote-unquote healthy eating it was more you know dealing with people who just had surgery and doing stuff like tube feeds and all of that it wasn't until I got into more of the one-on-one counseling work Mm -hmm. um, and working with people who are relatively healthy but more so swept up in Maybe things like wanting to change something about their body size or they're dealing with a chronic condition that I started to see a lot more. I started to see food in ways that can cause problems for people in bigger ways. And I would say when I started in that world, I remember even my colleagues, like that was the first time I felt like judged for for like my lunches and stuff because most of the dietitians in that space are a lot more focused on food Mm. in that way so Mm -hmm. things have definitely evolved for me in that way from kind of going from one role to another um so what I've actually really come to learn is I think with nutrition and food and my role um I've kind of had a huge like I don't even know how to describe it I would just say a full 360 Um, change in how I view my role because I think that inherently dietitians do intend to do work that's helpful and I think you know even nutritionists or nutrition you know working in other areas of the field but I think because our society has become so obsessed with healthy eating and um, you know like the diet industry is massive like I I think it's like yeah it's a multi-billion dollar industry that in a lot of ways we can add a lot of harm and a lot of extra noise because at the end of the day people know what they're supposed to do quotes air quotes yeah, there air quotes are short. <laughs> <laughs> um and so it's like well what's the problem right um it's i always say like when i sit with someone in a session like you probably actually know more about nutrition and food that i do because often people are so obsessed with it right Mm. and so what I've really learned is that often we actually need to just like take the focus away from nutrition food a little bit Mm. and move a little bit more into talking about like your relationship with food especially as a child and your experience growing up because Mm. that's something I've really learned is like very foundational for people in their their walks with their bodies and their food Mm. choices Mm. I'm Mm. always fascinated with Like, okay, eat your greens, you need your vitamin C, get your fruit. And for me, I'm like, who cares? Like, it's food. There are some people, and and I've said it before, some people eat to live, 
And some people, other people live to eat. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I love, I love good food. I love, but I don't, food is not overly important to me. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, I'll grab this or I'll grab that. Or here's a granola bar and it's covered in chocolate. And it's like, okay, well, at right. least my, my body's getting something. Now, is that right? No. I beg to, I beg to differ. But, but it's that even, even kind of going, well, why would we want to drink water? Do we actually know what water does as it hits our bodies? It, it's good for our brain. It's, there's a part of me that really loves the scientific part. Mm -hmm. Like, why should I tell me, convince me why I should do this. Right. And here is why, because if you don't drink water, these are the things that you'll see happen. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, in this whole conversation, um, I actually think what you're describing is a really, uh, a much, I think a lot of people wish they had your brain when it comes to food, because for most people, I guess also people I work with, but I, I think this is a lot of people, food is something that is very stressful for them, something that they have a lot of maybe feelings around from comments that have been made to them. And I think a big part of never ex maybe never having to think about food in that way brings up like a really passionate subject of mine, which is just the privilege of that, mm-hmm. right? So um, one thing to think about, right? Talking about myself, I'm a white, thin, uh, co- yeah, I said what? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, female who uh, is very well-educated, comes from like middle class. I have never had to experience um, discrimination for my size, right? I can go to any store and find something that will fit me. I can fly on an airplane somewhat comfortably. You know, nobody would ever, actually I'd probably get complimented for eating a burger, right? People would be like, oh, look at her, good for you. Versus if I think of someone who has lived maybe as not a Caucasian person, crossed with um, someone, you know, maybe from a lower class who maybe can't dress nicely and maybe lives in, let's say, a very large body, that person's experience is going to be very different from mine. And so I think a lot of the times for me growing up too, like food was never something I had to think or worry about a lot. But I think that's Mm -hmm. because I have what is termed thin privilege of I'm genetically just very that that's my my body type and all the things I described are examples of thin privilege so for privilege right can come in many ways but one of them is body size Mm. and so for for people who are not born with thin privilege and are just meant to be you know in larger bodies um, and we know that not everybody is actually supposed to be thin that's just something that's very culturally constructed Um, For those people, they might be the ones that because their whole life since they were a kid, maybe they were told they're too big. So, and maybe even as a child, they were put on a diet. They obsessively stress about and think about everything they eat. And so talking to that person about, well, all you need to do is X, Y, and Z, really just elicits so much anxiety within them. Mm. And so actually taking the conversation away from nutrition and diving a little bit into just like even starting at a point where you can be neutral about your body you don't need to necessarily love it but just learning how to start to care for it maybe in ways that have nothing to do with food Hmm. Um, because really nutrition matters but it's such a small part of health but maybe diving into are you sleeping well or you know what are you doing to take care of yourself so for example do you 
restrict yourself all day or punish yourself because you went out for dinner and then you know not eat all day and then get to the end of your day and you're starving mm -hmm. so maybe let's just start with like looking at like why do you feel you need to punish yourself so it's interesting mm -hmm. because i think in working with people and starting to hear their stories and experiences um, you start to realize that it's like it's just not so simple mm -hmm. for most people Sorry, I know that's mm -hmm. a lot. No, but that's, that's really good. Because it, it begins, you become a slave to it. Mm -hmm. And the whole eat three square meals a day. You'll have your big breakfast and your little, your big lunch and then a small dinner. No, you have a big breakfast, a little lunch, and then a big dinner. Mm -hmm. No, but that's bad for your sleep. <laughs> and I kind of go, mm -hmm. which is very smart for the diet industry to keep having job security. Perpetuating. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. The, the mm -hmm. diet industry just loves it, right? Oh, yeah. To confuse so. you or to say, eat this, don't mm -hmm. eat that. And then perpetuate the struggles that people have. Yeah. And it's usually mm -hmm. then you result in being in a bit of a vicious cycle, right? Mm -hmm. So you maybe decide, you know what? I'm finally going to go on this diet. The diet's usually very restrictive. And you can maybe last for a little while, but because you're not feeding yourself properly, or maybe you know, you're know you not able to eat the foods you actually like or can have access to, you quote unquote fall off the wagon, and then you decide, you know what, what's the point of any of this? And then you often kind of go back into like a bit of a whatever, I'm gonna eat whatever, whenever uh, binge state, and then you end up back like what have I done I need to do no. a diet and so it's kind of this really vicious cycle mm -hmm. all around guilt and shame yes mm -hmm. and I just think you know that's kind of where the definition I gave of health really ties in is that food does not have like a moral value attached to it but we have put morality to food right if you think of like broccoli versus chips those elicit very different emotions within people when at mm -hmm. the end of the day they they don't have morality attached to them. Interesting. Yeah, and so I think mm -hmm. the same way, like I, it's interesting tying it in with kind of a spiritual perspective is like God loves us unconditionally regardless of what we do. Really the same thing goes with food. Like there's nothing mm -hmm. you can do that actually changes like your worth mm -hmm. or your morality based on mm -hmm. what you eat. Mm -hmm. And so I think that is a huge thing to start to pull apart is like, mm. have we attached morality to food? And a lot of us do, Yeah, but it's not really our fault. It's again, yeah. society. Wow. Yeah. Value, yeah. Our, we, we see our value as humans based upon all these other things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. Mm -hmm. Yes. In and of itself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, yeah. wow. but probably Very good to have people around you who you know just doesn't matter what you eat. What like We just we really like you and we love you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And out of that influence and those kind of things, I guess that's kind of how we start making changes in other areas. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, okay. And then it's not such a big deal anymore. Mm -hmm. But getting... Ugh. Yeah, and I think too, I really just want to say like it's, it's really not an easy thing for a lot of people. And so... Yeah that that's like why my role exists and also we often really work closely with like psychologists because mm. um a lot of that comes from just things that were said to you or you know maybe deeper traumas or things like that mm. and it's not just so easy to just say well just let's just start doing x y and z it's like often some of that deeper work needs to be done mm -hmm. getting the root yeah and yeah. really like um 
in kind of the framework that I like to follow, which is called the intuitive eating framework. Um, There's 10 steps to it. It's not like a 10 step fixes you type of thing, but it's a really nice framework to work in. And um, actually number 10 is gentle nutrition and number nine is joyful movement. And so we save Mm. movement and nutrition for the very end because often you need to work through a lot of other stuff before we should even be talking about nutrition. That sounds really mm. lovely, really balanced. <laughs> intuitive. It's called intuitive eating. Intuitive mm-hmm. eating. Yeah. And where did you learn about this framework? Um, so it was actually a couple years ago. So this mm-hmm. is also very new to me, and I have to say I've not always um, practiced in this lens, but okay. I've really seen the harm wow. that even I've done. Yeah. You know, and I think it's like I've had to work through that of, yes. you know, do better once you kind of know better. Yes. And you're holding yourself now that you know better to a different standard. You didn't have that standard Exactly. And like learning that that's okay. But it was one of my good friends, Kaylin, she uh, introduced me to intuitive eating and kind Mm. of health at every size. And so intuitive eating is actually a book written by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch. And so they actually literally in January released a like brand new updated version. Okay. And so that is always a really good place to start, I would say, if you just want something different with nutrition rather than maybe all of the messages you've received your whole life is um yeah checking out intuitive eating i would say is a really really good first step okay Mm -hmm. do they have podcasts yeah i have some definite podcasts they don't but there's definitely people i would recommend tell us so uh, i would say a really good kind of gentle person to start with her name's Paige smathers And she runs a podcast called Positive Nutrition. So she was actually the first podcast I listened to and started my dive into like, what am I doing in my work? But it was, it was amazing. And I just became almost like, I just have to learn about this because this makes so much sense because ultimately what intuitive eating is, it's bringing us back to innate eating that we had when we were children, where most of us are born with the ability to really regulate our eating mm-hmm. and we lose that over time. Mm. And so, yeah, it was just, I'm like, that makes so much sense. Like we need to get back to this place. Yeah. So she would be a great one. My other like definite favorite is Christy Harrison and she does amazing interviews with people, with psychologists, doctors, lots of dietitians, and just lot, lots of them. Um, they call them fat activists in that world. That's how those individuals identify. And mm-hmm. so it's just really putting a new lens on like body size. And mm. it's amazing. Couldn't recommend more. Wow. Very yeah. good. I love it when people are passionate. Yes. About what they do. Does it come through? Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> no, I can't, we can't tell. <laughs> no, it totally does. Yeah. Well, and I think it's, I remember getting to a point where kind of going, okay, eating, exercise, and and the slogging and the, no, I have to go for my run or I have to do this. And now I kind of go, I'm not going to beat my body. Mm-hmm. A, you mm-hmm. can't handle it. And I just, I love doing exercise with people. I love the things, the walks, the, all those kind yeah. of things where now it's, it's relational. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly the difference between like exercise for punishment and exercise mm-hmm. that's joyful. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's like, we should not be punishing our bodies Yeah. Um, because really that's like a form of being abusive to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so, um, mm-hmm. I think that's a big word, but I think it's important because I think we can easily do that. And so really checking in, you know, what is my motivation for doing this activity? Mm-hmm. Is it coming out of a place of like punishment or something that 
is bringing me joy or I know is going to kind of revitalize me for the rest of the day. So like asking, you know, yourself where that's coming from is I think a good place to start. When we begrudgingly do something, whether it's, oh, I got to go for a run. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you don't get any joy out of it. No. You can check the box off saying, yeah, "Yeah, I did it. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, I got my 600 calories in with food, but did I love it? Not really. I just know I had to eat it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it just, ugh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's all, yeah. 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 It is very nuanced. Like even food is not always going to be the greatest thing or the most mindful Mm -hmm. thing. Like just being realistic. And so there's so much to it, but I think it is just more so taking a step back and asking yourself like, what is my motivation? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Mm -hmm. So Barbara, we didn't plan this and we have some more questions for you, but when you hear Rebecca's story, what does that elicit in you? Like, what does that make you think about based on this new framework that you're, (laughs) you've um, been really focusing Mm -hmm. on? I just think it's really, really amazing to see where that journey takes people. Because Mm -hmm. I think listening to Rebecca's story now, Mm -hmm. and even just knowing her and kind of doing life with her, I see the, just the growth and the health. Like I didn't know her kind of in the darker time. But I just think that's also, it's a story that I've heard a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think it breaks my heart a little bit that, you know, a lot of the the compliments and those things come when people lose weight. And I've experienced this personally. A lot of people have have experienced it where a comment is made about your body or, or often a compliment. And, you know, it's just, it's thinking to yourself maybe before asking that, that person, like for example, for Rebecca, it was not necessarily always a positive thing. And often when we compliment that, um, that can feed for some people Mm. really unhealthy mentality. So we don't know, you know, what is that person doing to achieve that? And so commenting on bodies is something I'm very passionate about. Um, There's these twins who have a really good, kind of uh they wrote a book and they have an instagram from the states and they have done phds in body image Mm. and they have a quote that i love which is your body is an instrument not an ornament and so it's just really especially for women it's this Mm. constant um commenting on bodies needing to show their bodies needing to show before and afters and i just sometimes think um that that can be harmful for people and really why are we wasting our time talking about our bodies right Mm -hmm. i read this great thing where it's like while we are talking about and posting about our bodies men are getting promotions and having business meetings and you know in a way to me it is a bit of a feminist issue too i know that men struggle as well yeah but i think it is often more for women and so Mm -hmm. i just feel it's like Again, I think it's diet culture, wow. which is just another term, like stealing away that time from women from all the other things they could be doing that are mm-hmm. so much more useful than, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, talking about their body size. And right. so um, I think that really strikes me from her story, but also just to see how she can freely now, you know, be flexible. And it's not that nutrition is out the window. Mm-hmm. I think meal planning, having like balanced meals to fuel yourself is a form of self-care, but self-care too is coming home and saying, 
uh, I don't want what I meal prepped. Like, let's go for pizza, you know, and mm-hmm. just fully feeling free to do that. Yeah. So it looks different for everyone, but I think it's cool to see mm-hmm. where she is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. What inspiration or tips or wisdom would you have for someone who is thinking about a career in nutrition or even making a change to their eating um, because they're now responsible for feeding themselves? So they've been living at home, Mm -hmm. parents have been providing, Mm -hmm. and now now what? Mm -hmm. So I think it's kind of a three-phased question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Two-phased question. (laughs) So I guess for the career part, I think you know, well, I feel like this applies to both is really check in with your motivation for doing it. Um, You know, really making sure that generally maybe you're in a good place with that for yourself, because I do think um, you just need to be cautious in that field and stepping into it. Mm -hmm. It's not to say that if you've had a big struggle with food or your food relationship, like I think those are like some of the best dietitians, but just really being cautious that that's like a safe thing for you Mm -hmm. because for some people, they really just like, it's far too um, triggering to- Intense. Yeah, to be like literally submerged in that kind of education. Um, But for other people, like I think the potential in the career is really great um, to do like really interesting and cool work. So yeah. Um, And I think for people who are moving out and maybe responsible for feeding themselves, I think, you know, just try to minimize, and it is hard, all of the information that maybe people are telling you even in a good meaning way or um, conversation even around like, oh, you're gonna move out and you know, like the freshman 15 and all of that stuff. Um, That is, you know, I just think that's not something necessarily that for everyone is coming from a good place. And so I think checking in with, you know, how do I feel with my, just even skills and stuff to prepare food, like dietitians can help you with that or like grocery shopping if you don't feel like you have those skills or that gives you anxiety. But then also if, you know, you've come from a home where there was a lot of tumultuous um, things going on with like feeding and with you having food or maybe what your parents have put on you. Um, I encourage therapy for everyone. (laughs) So I think if that's something that's like, oh, that feels kind of, yeah, I grew up around a lot of, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe negative talk or whatever it is with food, um, getting on top of that as soon as you can, Mm -hmm. especially if you feel like, yeah, that's something that I don't want to carry into like my life now that I am starting to set the tone for what that will look like. Mm -hmm. So maybe that would be my best Mm -hmm. advice. Any free resources? Because some people might have access to maybe their workplace benefits. Benefits. Yeah. And a career, and a, not career, a nutritionist, mm-hmm. dietitian, yeah. those kind of things. Yeah. But then people who might not have access to that. Do you have any suggestions for where they could go? Yeah, so free would be like a PCN. They have dietitians that work there. So if you the are, primary, sorry, primary care, care network. network. Um, so that would be one option that's free to access a dietitian, but even just for resources, um, I will have to get back to you on like print resources because I feel like that's not super common. It's funny how we have the A-L-I-S, the Alice Mm -hmm. website for careers, but when it comes to feeding ourselves, Mm -hmm. there's not a lot Mm -hmm. because there's usually a cost associated with it. Yeah, especially like private, it all is, but Mm -hmm. AHS resources would be free okay 
are Talk they the to your best? doctors. Not necessarily. Right. They're just, they have a different focus. Yeah. And they're often a lot more um, problematic with language, I would say. Okay. So. They have their place. You can just contact me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. No, would, I don't know. That, that I honestly need to get back to you. <laughs> um, and would you recommend like out. cooking classes? Uh, I think cooking classes are like a really fun way to get comfortable. Like I know mm-hmm. there are people, but again, this wouldn't necessarily be free who help you like uh, they come to your house and help you, you know, even just learn like basic skills or then taking a cooking class with a friend. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think that's super fun. Um, or even just food try network. a recipe on Pinterest. Yeah. yeah. I think food or cooking is meant to be fun fun and experiment and try and, experiment yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah like don't be scared to mess up no <laughs> those yeah, are great I stories think it's good to bring friends into it yeah, yeah. cooking for one doesn't not it's not always fun yeah for friends cook for, sure. for four and also um yeah rebecca cooked for us today and it was a beautiful meal um but also i think going a generation above you or below you but mm, if you're moving out for the first idea. time ask your grandma to come over or a grandma like figure yeah, or an aunt or idea. a mom right You'd because make cookies so. i <laughs> <laughs> but you know what it, cookies yes. are not bad food there's no moral true connection but for breakfast lunch and dinner they're not good <laughs> correct but i like the idea of also going to people who have more wisdom in that area and saying can we do this together because they're going to teach you how to cut which knife to use which yeah. one how to cook the chicken the right way right all those things we I don't know why we're supposed to just know them, but we don't always. Mm-hmm. And so not everybody that took can home be helpful. Yeah. Exactly. Not everyone took home ec. So feel sick I think it can ec. be. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think group stuff yeah. is a great idea yeah. for having like, yeah, shared dinners and like, or have a potluck. Yeah. Just have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eating in community. There's something to that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Final thoughts or any tips, Rebecca, did you have... Did any kind of wisdom, I know you said about Pinterest, just looking something up. Any other wisdom for someone cooking on their own? Um, yeah, I would just say like kind of cooking back to kind of the health and nutrition. I think Barbara touched on it a bit of just being more mindful of what we say to people or comments mm. on on people's body or if they've lost weight or mm. just even... Should you um, be eating that? Should mm. you be eating that? Or even just... Um, gently calling people out in like a loving way of when they're punishing themselves of Mm. oh i'm gonna have to go to the gym after i eat this piece of cake or Mm. oh i really shouldn't have seconds i didn't work out today yeah and i think kristen you've talked about it too of just like the slavery attached to it of just like i don't know sometimes like our words are so powerful and i think sometimes we have the ability to set people free in that aspect right of just saying like if you want a second plate who cares like right like there's no judgment yeah i think so just being mindful about comments in regards to that and then when it comes to i think cooking just having fun right i think we can get caught up in how it looks and presentation and uh, is this gonna turn out but it's like do you know what at the end of the day like you cooked a meal that's yeah. something to celebrate mm-hmm. like you cooked a meal from scratch isn't that right um you cut those vegetables mm-hmm. and how much more like satisfying is it as you sit down and eat and you're like oh like i made this mm-hmm. like it was good so good point yeah final thoughts yeah i love that i think being like kind to ourselves i think is a really important thing and yeah just really understanding that um your worth doesn't change based on anything you eat don't eat move don't move um it's very separate 
And I think the more that we can instill that, especially in young girls and moving away from just things that we tell young girls um, and focusing on qualities of the mind and just the character and stuff. Like, I just think we will all be much better off. So yeah, I love everything that you said too, Rebecca. I think that's great. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Wasn't that great? This has been a good interview. (laughs) I hope everyone took notes because I didn't, so I'm going to need to borrow yours because I was trying to be present in the moment, you know? Yes. Yeah. That's good. We can just listen to it again and... That's right, which we will do anyway. (laughs) Memorize it. Yep. Verbatim. Ladies, one thing we forgot to share is our fun (gasps) fact with you. Oh, yes. Yes. Very important. Cronellis, we need to share with you guys and with our two interviewees a fun fact. And back when we first started this podcast, we shared with you guys that um, we were at a friend's stagette and another person mentioned when we, Kristen and I were bantering that we should have a podcast. Well, those two people are sitting in this room right now. So it was Rebecca Staggett on Mm -hmm. August 5th when we were sitting in the Cactus Club and Barbara was, (laughs) we were all bantering and she was the one who made the comment, this needs to be born. Mm -hmm. And look at us now with a year and a half year old. Started from the bottom, now we're here. (laughs) That's right. Isn't that funny? Come so far. So that's our fun fact for you. And for the Cronellis. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Mm, so you. fun. Always knew that. <laughs> yeah. This, well, I didn't think I and would And it was here, around food. It was at a restaurant. That's right. How appropriate. Yes. Isn't that right? And yeah. who did we think we saw in the booth? Oh, DJ Khaled. DJ Khaled. <laughs> oh, yes. 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 It, it was not him. No. no. <laughs> Unfortunately. But we yeah. really did think it was. He was not in concert. In no. <laughs> no. But it looked like him. Yeah. Yeah, it sure did. It was exciting for a few minutes. <laughs> Great. Yeah. I would add, actually, I often physically run with the Cronells. I will put the Cronells podcast in, and I go I running run. with the Cronells. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I forgot to mention that. So How we're fitting. one of those podcasts yes. you listen to. We were one of the podcasts, yeah, from at the gym. You just play the music on repeat. And yeah. it's just no, like... I listen to that. <laughs> yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. Aww, it's well. Well, ladies, thank you. This has been inspiring. This has been some tough conversation, but through a lens of grace and kindness. And so Mm -hmm. we appreciate you taking the time to share your wisdom Mm -hmm. and your journeys with us. Food for the mind. Food for thought. Food for thought. We are going to share some of the awesome things these gals shared with us, some of the resources, some of the ideas, some of the quotable quotes, which there were many, on our Instagram page. So you can follow us at Running with the Crinnells on Instagram. Um, and Barbara said, do you want them to be able to get in touch with you if they have further questions or no? Because sure. I will cut this. Yeah, sure. Okay, so we will tag Barbara. <laughs> and she. if you have a question for her, you'll just you can ask her. And Rebecca is also willing to be available to answer questions you might have or connect or share more of her story with you. And we will include her on the Instagram page so you'll know where to DM her. Slide into those DMs. Slide. (laughs) You can check out our website. We give updates. We have some blogs you may have not read yet. And that's runningwiththecronels.com. And you can also email us at thecronels at runningwiththecronels.com. And that's all spelled K-R-I-N-E-L-L-E-S. Wonderful. So So with that, we say, from our lips 
to your hearts. Bye for now. Bye. 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 Thanks for having us. <laughs>